0: TheChairShot.com Always use your head
1: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the 5 Rounds Podcast The only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds I am Mags and with me today as always my son Carlos Carlos how are you? I'm not too bad as yourself yeah, not too bad. We've uh, just literally just this minute finished watching the latest UFC Fight Islander. Uh, I think it's Fight Island Five, uh, UFC uh, on ESPN, Blair, whichever <laughs> number. Uh, basically, Fadnan Moraes versus Sandy Higgin. Uh, <laughs> we'll quickly just run through these uh, these prelim matches. Um, Card started with um, a flyweight match: Bruno Silva against. Tagir Unlebekov, um, uh, Tagir picking up the win. Then uh, Tracy Cortez in the women's banterweight got a decision, victory. Jika uh, Chikaza in the um, uh, featherweight division got a decision. And then uh, Tony Kelly got the decision against Al uh, Al Kwaiza. And then what's been touted as the knockout of the of the century with uh, uh, Impa Kazangane getting, uh, getting knocked out with an uh, inside-spinning uh heel kick by uh Joaquin Buckley how a beautiful kick it really really was that was followed up by a a 45 second knockout by Chris Dorcas of uh Rodrigo uh, Nascimento Ferreira and then we finished the prelims with uh Britain's own Tom Breeze uh knocking out KB Buller in the in the first round so then going on to the main card we start with uh Ilya Tapuria picking up a decision in the featherweight uh, division against Yusef Zalal. and what a great match this was to open up the card with. Um, on the, started the first round pretty much on 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 the feet, uh, both guys looking uh, to land knockout punches, but it was when uh, Tapura did the the um, the the throw, almost of the the kind of like the suplex to. To uh, get uh, Zalal down when this game really kicked up a gear, the, the groundwork from Tapuria was just glorious to watch. The way he can transition from position to position, going to uh, uh, submission to submission, was was beautiful. And Zalal, as uh, I've got to give him loads and loads of respect here, because for someone whose whose ground game was clearly not on on the level of Tapuria's. The way he was able to defend a lot of those a lot of those submissions, and and kind of work himself into some. Pretty decent positions of his own. I've got to give him a lot of respect for that. Uh, but pretty much every round was was a lot of the same. It was it was uh, when when the fat went to the ground. It was uh, Tapuria taking control. Even when Zalal went in for the for the takedowns, it didn't take long for Tapuria to to find his way of uh, of controlling um, controlling the the ground game. When at the very few times that the the fat was on the feet. I thought both gave as good as as each other. Uh, perhaps Zalal was was the quicker in these shots, but Tapuri certainly did land a, a lot of his own. But the, the game changer was was the ground game. It was a uh, really really impressive about Tapuri, and for someone who was coming in on his UFC debut uh, with a, a big heart train behind him, he was eight and all uh, coming into this fight, taking on someone who was three and all in in the UFC. That's a, a great start for his uh, UFC career for Ilya Tapurian. a great fight to kick off this card.
0: Definitely. Uh, Tapirian came in with the odds stacked against him anyway. Obviously coming in your first fight at the UFC, making your debut, you've got them jitters anyway, and he were coming in with a perfect record and 18 all. So not only is he coming in with a with a new jitters of... could possibly be nervous, could uh, possibly not be able to get his time and his reach on point, but not only that, he's got in his head... Oh, if this is his first loss, it's, it's gonna mess up that that perfect record. Is what a lot of professional mixed martial arts uh, artists want. Um, so he did have the the card stacked against him. Now uh, I've seen a, a a little bit of his highlights. Not not much, but um, he is a, a lot better. He is a lot better on the feet than what he worked in art And I, I do believe that. It all does come down to the fact that it were his, his UFC debut, mm-hmm. uh, probably a little bit too gun shy at pulling the trigger. Uh, so it, and it, for me he did get he did get beat up on the feet and they to like say the real game changer was the the groundwork. He uh, were able to to keep a top position. Uh, a lot of people now, especially with grappling, they, they sort of taking the uh, Habib. Uh, approach to it, and the, you could see he was doing it with his style. He was he was trying to like uh, lace up the legs. He's trying to like grab the the wrist from behind the back. Um, but unfortunately, we're not we're not all Khabib, so he, he he couldn't he couldn't basically pull it off the, the the for the full round. But the one thing he could pull off is his submission attempts. Uh, and the one good thing that impressed me about Tepora is he the 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 IQ that he's got on him was able to go right. This guillotine's not working for me. I'm gonna have to switch it up. Mm-hmm. He he didn't commit or over commit to just one submission. If he if if he felt like he like um Zala was was gonna get out of it, or if he felt like he couldn't get himself in the right the the right position to to pull it off, he was thinking not just of the next submission, but the submission after that, if yeah. you would. Uh, that's why he were able to just move so cleanly from one to another because he already had it in his game plan what he was going to do if this if this messed up. So that really uh, that that impressed me. That to be honest. Um, so a bright future of him uh, in the UFC. But going on to Zala, he's only three and one in the UFC now. He's it's not like uh, he got dominated in this fight. He did. He he did put up a good fight. Obviously, the, the ground game is where it got him. But that that weren't to say he wasn't good on the ground himself. Like, no, exactly. Yeah. He he, he was putting up his own fight. He even got one submission attempt off himself. So it's not like he was getting fully dominated. It's just uh, Tapora to was tonight just the better fight
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. And uh, both guys have got uh, big futures in 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 that February division. But following that, we got uh, two first round knockouts. The first one uh in the heavyweight division, uh, our local boy Tom Aspinall from uh, uh, fighting from Liverpool against Alan uh, Bedor, and this fight did not last long. it was just over a minute and a half. Um, started uh, with uh, with the uh, trying uh, a spinning back fist. Uh, started with him um, landing some shots to the the stomach of Aspinall, um, but once, once Aspinall kind of. Uh, recognized that that um Bordeaux had overstretched he he, he just uh, went in and, and and started to 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 dominate um aspinall just uh, bur kept trying those back elbows and I think that was uh that was the problem that, uh that 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 didn 't work and once Aspinall got the tape down was able to keep uh, Bodo down just uh, powered up and um, uh, just rained down that uh, ground and pound. Um, Bodo kind of tried to turtle up and the ref uh, warned him didn't do anything about it didn't uh, kind of like, try and uh, fart his way out he was just looking to, to cover up and Aspinall uh, gets the quick finish he was uh, not impressed with himself in the in the pause fight but uh, But to be fair, this guy's now too annoying the UFC, two very quick stoppages, and uh, me and Carlson were both really impressed with his kind of mindset after the fight. He wasn't happy with his own performance. He's definitely going to go back to the drawing board and see what he can improve, and he also doesn't want to rush himself. He wants to uh, climb his way up up that that division um, rather than kind of like force his way into a fight that he's clearly not ready for. I really like that. That kind of a uh,
0: mindset from from Aspinall, but a great victory here for him. Definitely, like uh, you say, Aspinall uh, in the fight, he he knew even though he's even though he walked away with with the W, he still took it as a, a learning curve. He could have mm. been the arrogant fighter of, oh fuck it, I've won the fight. This oh, I didn't do all wrong. Fuck it, I won the fight. This. If I did all wrong, I would have lost it, but I've won it. So, but he he, he still had the bollocks to to man up and go fine yeah i might have won the fight but like colin's already told me i've made some mistakes and i still met him in this fight so even though i've walked away with a w mentally it's still coming off as a bit of a loss because i've done stuff that i've worked on in the gym that has in his mind as in in layman terms that's basically what he was saying that he's he's basically worked on this in the gym he's been told about it and he's still coming to the fight and done it so initially whatever he's done has failed so that's that's what's pissed him off rather than yeah. the, the win or the performance it's, it's just the fact is that he's clearly been he's working on something and he's still gone and done it anyway which obviously is is easy to do it's not like everyone it's not like we're all robots and perfect it is it is easy to work on something and get in there and and just totally your game plan just goes out the window because once, you, once that gate closes you're on your own and that bell goes and then it's just you're in the fire sometimes that's that's the most difficult situation of a fight because you don't exactly know. You could be pumped up, ready, like, ah, I'm fucking ready yeah. for this fight. And then as soon as that gate closes, you're like, shh, what the fuck am I doing? What, what am I supposed to
1: be doing here? Like, what? And you've also got to be able to kind of, like, roll with the punches because you can plan for how a fight's going to go down, but until that until then that klaxon goes, you don't know how that opponent, that opponent might switch up their game plan to combat you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's kind of you, you need to be able to flow with how the fight goes
0: that's it it's like um, uh, uh, I think Doom Provers I think that's his name uh, if I, I apologise if I'm saying that wrong he, he, we're a basketball coach uh, and he used to say in his games to his players you're trying to predict what's happening you don't know what's going to happen you, you, you've you got to basically play the game mm-hmm. and see what happens and, and that's this sort of game you, you can't just go in there and um. I know a lot of you hear like, a lot of these fighters of, oh, I see myself winning. I say, yeah, that's fair enough. That's not saying you can't do that. That's a winner's mentality. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to paper, you don't know what's going to happen in that fight. You've got to come ready and prepared. And now, obviously, his opponent, uh, his opponent uh, Alan who was coming into the UFC, this just shows about the jitters that we're on about. This was him making his debut and. It's not like he was a crap fighter or I'm not taking anything away from Assparth that this was an easier fight for him, but you can just tell that them jitters are real that the fact is he were he weren't letting any shots off or he were he were a bit sloppy and he were he were, he weren't loose enough he was just too tight and that were able Tom were able to to use that at his advantage and I'm not like I saying I'm not saying it were an easy fight for him by far, but the way Alan was reacting. Made it an easier fight for Tom, yeah. uh, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tom went in there perfect, knew the game plan he had, stuck to the game plan. Luckily enough, he didn't catch that that basically that elbow coming in because yeah. that would have been he uh, no. yeah, had that would have been a showstopper. Um, and then near enough straight after that, near enough a second elbow which he missed. So mm-hmm. I'm guessing, if I had to guess, I'm guessing that's the the mistakes that he was pissed off about that he's uh, been working on because. Like Dan Hardy said, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see anything else wrong in that performance. And I think he'd once he goes back and looks at it, he'll he'll be happy that he he, he probably didn't do as many mistakes as what he probably thinks in his head. Because like I said, once you're in there, you don't quite know. What's, there's, there's fighters who's been in the octagon before who's fought 15 minutes and and forgot what's totally happening in the first round, or fighters that's gone to the full 25 minutes and. When they get there, it's like, "What is happening?" That 25 minutes, Have I won the fight. What the fire? Because everything's just so on top, and everything's yeah. like just in the moment. You're fighting, you not know? you, you haven't. You, that's all you you're mean, doing. You're in that belt. You're as well That's exactly it. Once your adrenaline's running around your body, it's, you're still all pumped up. So it's it's like uh, if you ever watched uh, like weightlifting, like Your Strongest Men. Like you'll see them after when they've done like a heavy rep. They still it's hard to give them an interview because. They still fired up. It's they still fucking want to lift weight. So it's sometimes it's it's easier to give him a little bit of a layoff and then and then interview him. But Tom, might like say he's got a, t- a good team behind him. Team Colby, he trains with some uh, with some good guys. I say his big biggest name Darren Till. Uh, like I say just his mindset at the end as well. Of, he still knows that he's got a good ten years in him. No point in running before he can walk. So that's a good mindset. And everyone, I think, should have that sort of mindset because like I was explaining to you, you've, you've got these, you've got new upcoming fighters who, who look at fighters like Justin Gaugher and think, oh shit, well if a fight like him, I'm going to get into UFC and unfortunately, that's not the case because the way these people fight is it's more prone to getting CET and you're going to get some serious concussions and you're lucky if you have eight or nine fights in your professional career before you've got to handle the gloves up. Uh, so you, you've got to sort of Yes, your approach at, at what sort of way you, you need to fight and how to fight so Tommy's got his head screwed on he knows what he needs to do he knows how he needs to do it and he knows he's got the time to do it which he's utilising I think a lot of other fighters need to look at that and, and do a little bit of the same
1: mm-hmm.
0: makes sense um, so going into the next fight in
1: the, in the middleweight division we've got another debutant in uh, de uh, Places and another fighter who showed a lot of our um a lot of ufc jitters but uh luckily for him he's actually come out on the on the the win um and again another fight where the the end was kind of a uh, telegraphed by a missed elbow uh but yeah this was another first round knockout this one went a little bit longer than the other one uh it started with perez actually controlling the action i felt i felt he, he landed a lot of uh a lot of hard, heavy shots at uh uh at De Plessis. He, de Plessis did uh, did land some of his own but the uh, Perez just kicked him into the guts and you could hear the slap here in, in the UK just you could tell <laughs> how much that uh, you could see the the breath that uh de Plessis took uh, from that. Um and that kind of like, put the wind up uh, Perez and he was throwing a lot more kicks, landing um uh, inside leg kicks. Uh, but the end comes when Perez uh, tries to do a, uh, almost like a Ya Rodriguez elbow, where uh, he kind of like just tries to take him out with the spinning elbow, and it doesn't work. He gets clipped on the on the the side of the head, and then um, followed up with one to the uh, the temple, and it just absolutely face plants uh, Perez. Uh, De Plessis comes and pounds him, and a, a, a good win. I mean, I'm I'm glad that he's got a debut win uh, for the UFC, but I think he can it can say he got a little bit of luck there, really, because up to that that point, I thought Perez was the better fighter. If he didn't kind of that. Get overconfident, throwing that that ridiculous elbow, turn his back on de Plessis And you said it whilst we we're watching the fight. You never ever show show your opponent your back because that that's the kind of stuff that happens. And and it, it did happen. I, um
0: Perez, yeah, he, he he lost the fight himself for me. Yeah, you can't argue with it. At the end of the day, like he came out confident. He came out with a pressure. He knew that he was fighting the debuter, so he knew already the the jitters that we go on about are definitely real. Uh obviously they affect some fighters, they don't affect some fighters, but in this fight, uh has uh, said himself that it affected him at the end. Not the nerves a bit, but surely to, to start basically getting to set how he wanted to fight. Uh but yeah Perez he, he came in he came in strong, held the pressure and like he just got overconfident. He were able to to beat him in the kicks and on the stand up in the first round. Um, uh, in the first part of the round, and he he just got too confident because in, in prayers head he's like this guy's got nothing. here I'm I'm pressuring him. He's he's not swinging at me. and When he has, I've I've avoided it and I've countered it. So mm-hmm. I've, I'm clearly the better fighter. And he like so he just got overconfident. And then when Dere started getting his confidence uh, in in the match, because obviously he's give prayers a lot of respect. There, give him if anything too much respect to not do anything now a lot of people need to look at it if this is not a guy you can't knock people out De the, Reyes is, is he came from two multiple uh, world promotions he, he held two world titles and he was chasing another one over multiple divisions so this is not a guy who's scared to fight in the slightest he's just making his UFC debut which is a big thing in a lot of people's careers um, and Pereira's has paid the price by not looking at this hungry lion and thinking he's still a young pup, which clearly just shows weren't the case. Because when the when the young pup smelt blood, he he went for it and uh, praise he he went for uh the sort of the elbow, which is that the, the Muay Thai elbow, and the way I've been sort of training that, the way I saw videos of people training that, and uh, Muay Thai people explaining it. They've always explained it. You should never sort of try and throw an elbow like that in the first place because you, you're bent over, there's too much you expose, your body's too much exposed, you, you can't cover up. At the end of the day, as you're going down sideways and lifting it up, your basically chin on, is on the outside, so overhands can come over the left. And obviously, like we saw, when you're down there, you haven't got a clue about like, the uppercut coming from behind the ear, so you can get caught on that, which what happened, and obviously then the body shots... So they, they they always used to say if you're gonna throw that, it's best to just do it from a stand up position where you stood up and it, you're coming to swing around with the elbow because so that sort of stuff happens. And Ferreras he paid the price. He, he turned around. He he missed the elbow and uh it like said um uh Deplessis. uh Deplassis were able to capitalize on it. He he, he hit him. Uh, he hit him in the side of the head, but one other notable thing he did, and um, which was surprising, obviously you'll get a lot of fighters once they've done that, they'll jump and they'll just ground and pound. But if you notice as well, he he hits him, and then whilst he's on top of him, his second punch he sort of stops because he knows that he's gonna if he carries on, he's gonna start hitting him back at head. Now obviously it's a debut, you've just won your your fight, you don't you want, want to risk, risk anything. It, yeah. And he just waited for Brace to turn his head in the sliders and start attacking him from the front before the ref stepped in. So that there shows a good level of fight IQ to know. Yeah, in the moment, his adrenaline's pumping. He's, fuck, I've done all this. I've short-noticed fight for debut. I've, I've, I've won it by knockout. But he still had the the fighter's mentality to know, hang on a minute, know the right from wrong. If I hit me back at Eddie, that, that referee might fucking disqualify me. Yeah? So... Congra- Congratulations uh, to him for doing that.
1: Yeah. Um, going into the, the next fight, back into the heavyweights with Ben Rothwell versus uh, Marcin Tabura. And if there was a turn in the punch ball, it's definitely this fight. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, you look at the, the, the first fight that we got and it was just glorious to watch. And then you look at this one and it's it's... <coughs> Yeah, this is this Super is why pistol, I, it's why pitch. I don't understand why the heavyweight division is the most popular division in the UFC because this fight was was horrible to watch. It really, really was. The first round was was decent when the both guys were fresh. Um, Rothwell really went all guns blazing in the first round. Wanted to to finish the fight early. In that's his mo. He's done that I think twenty four times in his career. So that's that's what his game plan was. Uh, Tabura got, got hit quite a few times uh, Rothwell tried a few head kicks one got blocked and one near the end of the round uh, he he fell over which <laughs> fell over trying to head kick which just shows the kind of like the, the lack of quality in this fight um, second round you could tell that Rothwell was absolutely gassed Tabura didn't exactly look fresh but he uh, kind of like had more of a, a gas tank than Rothwell uh, and he started to to land more shots. Uh, he was able to get that uh, that clinch boxing in, which uh, which was probably the highlight of this fight. To be fair, the clinch boxing. I thought that when they were they were close up to Burrow, landed some really good shots, and uh, you could see where he just destroyed Roughwell's nose. Um, they they started to to hint at the fact that they were going to do some uh, some grappling in this round, but it didn't quite come off. And then into the third round, that's where we saw a bit of graf- grappling. Uh, Tabura landed a, a good leg kick. Um, he um, he went for the takedown, got it, lifted Raphael off his feet, took him down, and just pounded him for the rest of the fight. Uh, Rothwell, if this was in the first round, probably could have worked better out on the ground, but you could just tell the guy was gassed. He was absolutely gassed. He wasn't even planning on a third round. And basically he was just in survival mode, kept locking uh, the, the, the body triangle, but both guys were, were slipping from sweat and both were tired. So the, the triangle kept falling down and it was just literally just Tabura, uh, riding out the round, just like tapping uh, Rothwell with with weak shots, uh, picked up the victory, uh, but I, w- I can't say, I mean, I was impressed with either fighter, to be fair.
0: No, I can't, say this was the, the shittest fight on the card, mm-hmm. they were. after the first minute and a half, they were both already breathing heavy anyway, and, it were, and it's not like, it was just, got the, they're unhealthy, the, the, you can tell, that they're the, the healthy fighters, but they just, the end of the day they, they they both just came out looking like two fat twats. Like and it just didn't look good because after the first round they were both just gassed out so mm-hmm. when it came to the second or the third it oh it just looked like two pissed people just trying to fight. Well,
1: that, that after the second round when uh Rothwell going back to his corner and the referee was trying to avoid walking in his way because he was it was walking sideways, he just couldn't control his own his own like, body. And the punches were so slow. They were, I mean, any fighter with any kind of
0: IQ could have avoided every single one of those. punches. they were punches all telegraphed. Yeah. All te- they were, the, Most of the punches after the first round, they, were, they were, even in the first round. Because after, like I said, the first, the first ninety seconds that went, they were both slowed down dramatically. Anyway, so mm-hmm. the, the the punches and the and the leg kicks, they were all coming telegraphed. And then obviously, with the, the groundwork is. You can't say it wasn't in, impressive with Tabora because I, I'll I'll give it in that. He he were able to hold the top pressure but it's not like he had to massively work to hold that top pressure. Ben Roethlis were already fucked anyway so he didn't have the energy to, to get up. Like I was saying to you about why he, he weren't trying to get up. He, he didn't have the energy to get up. To, the only energy he had was to hold on to the head and hopefully the ref stood him up. And even the ref didn't because Tabora knew that if he... If he put a couple of shots down, he's going to stay in that position. And like I said to you, going into the third round, when when they went into the exact same position, of, of been up against the cage. If the boarder starts raining down shots now, he's going to stop the fight. They don't even have to be hard shots, mm-hmm. just little taps, but just keep them consistent and keep them coming. The ref will stop the fight. And so that's the only thing I can give to him in, in that fight. What meant what it to me that weren't a little bit boring, the fact is that he were able to use a couple of shots just to stay in that position. But then again... It was, it was still, it was just a boring fight because there was no, there was, it's not like there was any technique or any skill. It, like said, it was just You could just tell it was just a classic, just two Dana White going looking for two tubbies, going right, going in this cage and, and try and knock each other out. Yeah. And It sort of pisses me off a little bit because as well with the, the weights in, in the UFC obviously, when you've got like, you your 170, you're 185. It's not like you can come in and just weigh over it and stuff like. That. This is the only weight class that you could weigh in at what like one thirty odd or one twenty odd or something like that, no, and then it's, it's it goes two, over to one sixty odd. Yeah, so it's it's like how the pissing elk and like first of all that already that weight difference already makes it like stupid because that's why they have. The same. That's why they have the different weight divisions for the other ones. Otherwise, you might as well just put middleweight and and lightweight together. From weight and lightweight together. Yeah, for me, the issue is this
1: is the only division in the UFC where there's a a massive gap between the very elite and and the the mate Um If you look down every other division, yeah, th- there's there's skill levels. I understand that, and there's people who are always going to be like. A, top level champions and there's always going to be people who's underneath but they all have the same kind of skill bases where in in the heavyweights if you're you can get to the top 15 just on punching power alone you can get to the probably uh, the top 10 maybe even touching the top 5 it's only the the Maybe about six to eight of the very best uh, heavyweights have a different game plan than knocking people out, and that's what I don't like. It's the the marquee uh, division for the UFC, but it's also the 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 one with the least amount of skill for me.
0: That's it. If you're not watching like the top three or four ranked guys fighting each other, you're literally only thing you're watching is about a minute and thirty of somewhat good technique of heavyweights trying to box but mm-hmm. after that you've just got two gassed out men yeah. just just trying to make it till the fucking just just the end of the round rather than the end of the fight just the end of the round just so they can fucking have that 30 seconds to sit down on stool yeah. just so they're not having to work so it's it, I just don't like that division yeah. um, when it comes to fights like that I just don't like the division obviously like same with the, the bigger fights it's a lot different and the one, the one, the one thing that does separate them is wrestling. Like you say, a lot of them have their own like skill categories and stuff like that. But then you put it: up, who's been the the uh, UFC heavyweight champions and what sort of stars have they fought in? It's either been kickboxing, boxing, or wrestling, yeah. or jiu-jitsu, and it's they always had them sort of ground gears. Now you've got these sort of if like we saw it now on even on the working on the ground. These two working on the ground and they're both fucked. Now imagine them going against top five doing like 15 minutes or 25 minutes mm-hmm. of just wrestling or something like that. They'd be fucked within the first 30 seconds. Yeah. And, and that's why I was saying about uh,
1: you see fighters like um, Rosenstruck or Gagne they'll get very far off the boxing skill but it's only when you add another kind of like level to your game like and had a great... Um, added, um, good gram game and that's pushed him over that limit of just being a knockout artist mm. uh, these fight, these heavyweight fighters need to add more strings to their fighting ball
0: definitely the last thing I'll say about Ben Rothwell is is like I say we talked about he retired uh, before and I don't think he should have come out of retirement it, it's, his fighting style does not Work. He, he was orthodox before, whereas people couldn't really understand it because he sort of duck and weaves and moves about. But now that's just a lot of people just put that down to like piss boxing, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a it's a farting style that he's been read so many times. He's he's had like over 20 odd farts now, and it's not like he's a hard guy to read. You know exactly what he's gonna do before he even gets to the octagon. Mm-hmm. I think it's time. He's 38 years old. He's not. Ever going to get a USC title shot? It's not going to make massive bucks. The only thing he's going to do is put himself in an early grave if he carries on, especially with these sort of farts. That, I think that was actually
1: his 51st fart.
0: See what I mean? And that's that's. But there's been no evolution in his game. Absolutely none. If anything, it's been backtracking. Mm-hmm. So, but that like Paul Paul Felder said. He's not scared to spar anyone and he's always willing to learn from different people but I think this is one of them times you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, so then let's go into the co-main event uh, Edson Barbosa is always a, an exciting fighter to, to watch and Makwan Amir Karni um, this was a great fight I really enjoyed this fight uh, Edson Barbosa picking up the uh, unanimous decision very uh, fair for me um, I felt that he used his leg kicks really well in the first round uh, to keep Amir Karni at bay uh, Amir Karni didn't really land a lot he, he tried for a, a flying knee which uh, didn't connect uh, went for a couple of uh, attempts at takedown, but uh, was stuffed by, Bob, by Barbosa. And it was all about the leg kicks and the body kicks in the first round. Um, in Right at the end, uh, Amir Connick had kind of uh, clocked the body kicks and dragged uh, Babosa to the ground after catching a, a kick. Uh, but the first round, I gave to Babosa. Second round, uh, a lot of the same stuff. It, it felt more nervy in the second round, like both guys wanted to, to not... Not get into a, a war with each other, uh, but in this round when when it did go to ground, this is where we saw Babosa uh, and his uh, his elite level ground game with those anacondas. Every time he he got uh, he got a hold of uh, Amir Korn, I thought he was going to go for an anaconda, and many of the times he actually did. Uh, but fair play to uh, Amir Korn, he was able to escape a, a lot of the a lot of the submission attempts and, and get back to the feet. But when he did get back to his feet, he was just not able to to land a lot of shots on Barbosa. Uh, Barbosa put him uh, put him down on his arse a couple of times, um, and it, it 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 just felt like that second round. Barbosa just turned it up another gear and uh, and was looking to 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 just dominate his way to victory. And going into the third round, it's pretty much what he did here. Uh, he he continued that, that pace. I mean we talked about the the heavyweight fighters not being able to able to keep up the pace. Babosa could do this for twenty five minutes and then go again. You could just you could just really tell that he's got that cardio for days. Uh every time we got towards the cage or to the floor, he looked absolutely dangerous on, on the ground. Uh I think this was probably Amir Carney's best round, uh in in terms of uh again his shots, but every time Barbosa landed a punch he, he, he fell down and I think that was more because he was so worn out from trying to keep pace with Barbosa um, and I have much props for Amir Khan I think he, he really made a good show of himself going against a very dangerous opponent but Barbosa absolutely just dominated his way to victory Definitely,
0: it just goes to show that there is levels to the games mm-hmm. and like I say, Amir Khan he he, he took the elbow he's one of them guys you can just tell with the way he acted tonight he's just one of them guys who's going to take it as a learning curve and he's just he, he was just much appreciative of like we heard him saying to Barbosa So we just much appreciative that the fact yeah. that this is an unranked guy and Barbosa didn't have to didn't have to take the fight cause It does nothing for him but he was grateful that he took the fight anyway and uh, so yeah I, I mean a call he a lot of people, a lot of other fighters have come out looking a way hell of a lot worse mm-hmm. than they have tonight. Like Makorn didn't look well, anything like Paul Felder well, did. I was going to say, just happened. look at the Paul Felder wars. <laughs> um, so he's he's done somewhat better than than what the other ones are. So even though he didn't take the the L, it's still a moral victory for me. So he can it can go away, and work on some stuff, and and basically take it on the chin, uh, work on some knocks, but. Barbosa, oh, man, what can you say? He looks incredible at that weight. If there's any weight that I think he's going to make a legit title shot and a title run, it can't. It's got to be this weight. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he just looks too good. At first, when I when I said him started to trim down, I thought, oh, maybe this might be a bad idea. Maybe looking at him, he, especially he, with his age and yeah, how long he'd been going. Yeah, he's looking like a bit too skinny. He's starting to look ill, but I think he's really. I think he's really sunk into the weight. I think he's really um, he, he's really adapted to the, the weight change. The Because it's not like he was... Uh, it's not as well, even though he, he fights at the smaller weights, the, the light weights, the feather weights, it's not like he's a small guy. He's, about, he's still about, what, six foot one, and he's, all of his career he's always carried around muscle. So when you're going down a weight, it's not exactly... Uh, a piece of piss. What people think just because you're going down, away you're going to be that better fighter. You've got stuff that catches you out when you're like, that. obviously, you're the bigger guy, so you've had bigger muscles. So when you're going down, how do you, how do you still compete and how do you still look the same, still having to carry this extra muscle mass or extra fat or 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 whatever, especially at that weight um, when you when you have to dehydrate so much and cut an extra ten pounds. Or an extra 15 pounds than what you already do, then usually I already cut an extra 10 pounds. So, um, yeah, he, he, he looks—he just looks phenomenal at this way. Uh, he, he's really sunk into his form. Uh, his game plans are on point. The only thing that did surprise me he didn't, he didn't chuck in a lot of his signature uh, heel kicks in there. But mm-hmm. I suppose at this way, you're looking at more. You're looking at a lot more faster. Uh, opponents obviously he doesn't have to worry about the power as such fact, um, I believe he if anything he's got the power advantage over uh, a fair few featherweights um, <clears throat> in the top 10 um, and the speed wise he's always been fast as Barbos, his hand speed and his kick speed yeah. is, is phenomenal um, and he doesn't look like he's lost any power if anything he's, uh, I he's think faster he's, and he's got more power yeah I think he's got a little yeah. bit more power at that featherweight and um yeah what 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 can you say? Who's next for him here from from this performance? He's he was he just seems unstoppable and I I don't want to seem like I'm a proper fanboy blowing smoke up his arse but he didn't seem to do much wrong in mm-hmm. this fight. Every every sort of little mistake he did in the fart, he didn't let it happen again. He knew straight away every time he got that little jab or every time he didn't count he was slow because obviously the first jab when he went in to put him down uh, Amir went to go get his own jab as a counter so if probably also knew already right? that that could have been a mistake for me there I need to faint it and then be a little bit faster so the next time when he went to go do that jab when he put him down he leant into it a bit and then jumped in so he feinted him and then did it so that's your, your fat IQ there you're looking at not only what can you improve in the gym but you're also looking at what you can improve there and then in the fight and that sort of shit is what's going to take you on to able to win a ufc belt in your division
1: yeah uh then let's go into the the headliner main event um bantamweight fight um uh, White confirming the winner of this fight gets a, a shot at the bantamweight title and we had marlon as the the number one contender for such a long, long time, uh, taking on Corey Sandegan, who I think was going into the fight rank four, uh, looking to to cement his place at the top of that division, and by God, did he do it. Um, first round, uh, it started off pretty much a kick-for-kick kick competition. They were both like trading leg kicks. Uh, Sandegan seemed to be the, the more active fighter who was uh, looking to switch stances all the time. Uh, landed a couple of uh, uh, leaping knees, uh, a couple of good body kicks. Moreas um, landed a, a nice spinning back fist, but it was slipped well by uh, Sandegan who then landed a couple of uppercuts. Um, Marais, uh tried to rush into uh, into and, and landed a good right hand, uh, but um, Sandegen did really well to kind of avoid the shots from from Moreas. Um, and then Merez went for another spinning back piece, which got blocked by Sandhagen, uh, pulled off a, a body kick, uh, and then Merez went for the, for the takedown, and the round ended on the ground. But I felt that that Sandhagen took that first round. He was the more kind of dynamic fighter. His shots landed a lot more. Uh, going into the second round, and um, Sandhagen started the round with that, that question mark kick, uh, and then he yelled out, yelled out to his own... Uh, his own team about a broken orbital bone. Now I was confused. I thought he meant his own bro orbital bone was broke, uh, but it turns out it was Morey's orbital bone that was broke. He then landed uh, a spinning needle kit kick, um, which I thought didn't catch Morey's, but Morey's like kind of barrel rolled backwards. I thought it was him uh, attempting to avoid. Uh, uh, the grapple from from uh, Sandagen, but actually on the slow motion, it clips the top. Uh, Sandegren clips the top of Moraes's head, which uh, does knock him down. Uh, and Sandegon follows up with punches, and Goddard had no choice but to to stop the fight. Uh, great victory for for Sandagen, and the the dudes getting a, a title match.
0: Yeah, you can't you can't argue with his uh, his performance and the fact that he. I, I do believe after that, after that performance, taking out rank number one, he does deserve um, a title shot. Um, going on to Moraes, it's not looking good for him. Uh, obviously, taking it out to a Triple C, uh, beating Aldo, mm-hmm. um, which some people did say that it was a very controversial win, that Aldo did win the fight. So again. Not looking good for him, and then coming into this fight and losing early into the first round. That's if this were baseball, that'd be three strikes and you were out. So luckily enough for him, this is not baseball, and Mm -hmm. well, it doesn't look good for him on the UFC run. Hopefully, he can quickly turn his game around and see sort of where he's going wrong. Because uh, as well, he's been one of these fighters who's recently moved camps to ATT from where he, he. he once was so maybe that could have maybe that could be having uh, an effect on him obviously being down in florida you've got the sunshine there it's it's a very easy place to right i've made a lot of money from fighting now i'm in i'm in florida with my family i've got a big beach right there sun's blaring out it's it's easy to enjoy your life and and sort of let your mind lose track of of why you actually came to that gym in the first place that that prize for that gold and, unfortunately for Moraes I think he's because he's, he even said leading up to the fight he's, he's getting to enjoy his life a lot more and when you start even though it's, it's a nice thing you hear fighters saying that they're getting to enjoy family time they're getting to enjoy the life but a lot of people have got to understand in this sort of game is when you get to these points you rarely should be able to say I can enjoy life I can enjoy family time because it's a very selfish sport and I'm not saying that to, to put people off It's it's a lot of people don't say how it is and it is a very selfish sport when, when you want to be number one and when you want to be world champion you are in the gym early hours in the morning late at night you are first in, last one out you you, you struggle getting spending time you, uh, with your family you, you struggle getting spending quality time, you, you'll have professional athletes who, who probably get one or two hours on a Sunday maybe to themselves just to do whatever they want to do if they're not Doing classes here, or a gym session here, or even resting, or even being in places where they're supposed to be resting, and and just thinking about, I want that UFC belt, I want that UFC belt. So it's 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 a very selfish sport. And when you hear a fighter saying about that, how they're enjoying life and stuff like that, it can it can somewhat easily be looked at as the retirement talking away. Because once you hear a fighter saying that, it you start asking yourself is um. Well is there ready in it anymore? Do they actually want to do they want to be the champion? Because if the moment you start going off that track, the moment them four other guys who were in the top five along with you are quickly gonna take over mm-hmm. you. Because then four other guys have not let their mind take off the uh, off the belt. All of them want that prize. Um and Corey Sanders he came in and and were able to show exactly why he's he put himself in that position to be the next shot at, at the next number one contender um instantly as soon as he, he noticed the the broken orbital instantly shouted it out to his team to make them aware of it to, uh, and again going back to the the far IQ is you're doing that instantly in the far you've seen that you could go for it but the fact is he saw it he shouted to his team to let them know yeah. It, oh, it could. I mean, it could. It could well be like Dan Hardy said or Paul Felder said. It, I can't remember which one of them said it. It could have just been him showing off. Like I've brought your orbital ball just to put I, him off. I, but, I, don't, I don't. I think
1: it's with the fact that there's no crowd. You can hear your corners a lot more. It's a way of, of yeah. them being able to coach him. That uh, I, I know that
0: this is this is uh, this is a, a target. What do I do? Basic. That's what I think, anyway. That's he, he, he. said that to his corner. He's he's clearly fucking compromised. Give me something to work with, so I can compromise him more. Because already, when you've got a broken orbital bone, and, and like he's saying, his teammates not long at it, so it's it's already to easy spot. But when you've got a, a broken orbital bone, it's like an instant sort of little C comes up straight away. So you, yeah. you already sort of know from even when you like, you know, a little bit of autonomy or. or uh, or human uh, human autonomy or anything like that. You you sort of understand what sort of how swelling looks when different injuries occur. And because I've done it in uni, we've we've looked at different injuries, and one of them is to do obviously the orbital bones around the eyes, obviously from doing a boxing and mixed martial arts uh, uh, personnel going onto our course. That's what I've been looking at a lot more. Like obviously the effects of of how much swelling goes around the eye, how to get swelling from the eye because when you're in a fart and swelling comes up you want that swelling to go down so you can see now with an orbital bone it's not like you can just sit on your your stool and get that squashed down because when someone's squashing that down well they're crushing on your broken orbital bone that's already broke so it's it's fucking painful so Mm -hmm. once that's broke there's nothing much you can do rather than go to the hospital so you're already compromised you're already blurred vision anyway and if you can't see out of it because of that you can't see out of it because your gloves in the way from getting smacked in it. Cause you don't want to get it hurt anymore. Um, so Corey were able to perfectly jump on that, hit him, and then especially with that that um, the heel kick, uh, the heel hook kick that that he did, that he he perfectly landed. Uh, it's surprising that he he said at the end that he hasn't actually practiced that in sparring or out. He's basically just done that on his dummy at home because it's has been down. So for him to just practice that on something that's neutral rather than something that's moving is is impressive to especially get it off against rank number one in the world um what a guy Corey! is so again congratulations to him what a performance what a finish what what is honestly next for him bar from that title shot yeah it's got to be
1: um yeah he, he definitely deserves it um so let's look forward to next week uh a uh, bit of a grudge match with Brian Ortega versus a uh, Korean zombie after the uh, the slap incident with uh, with Jay Park. Uh, but the card's actually not a bad card, to be fair. You've got one of Carson's favourite, Jimmy Crew. Mm. Uh, we've got uh, two women dropping down uh, a division to the flyweights in Kathleen uh, Chukigan and our former strawweight champion Jessica Georgia. Uh, Cyril Gagne taking on Nube uh, in Ante uh, Dalesia. And obviously that, that main event of Brian Ortega and and uh, Zobby, that should be an absolute war in the featherweight division. Uh, so, yeah, uh, come and uh, listen along next week, find out um, all the action there. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at DJ Kirby. Follow Carlos here, at Kirby underscore Carlos. Uh, check out um, um, Visionaries Global Media. Check out Chair Shop Media Group. And uh, obviously check out Shooting the Sports Edition. Subscribe, like... Uh, Share the YouTube. Uh, Thank you all for for listening. That is the end.
0: Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com Always use your head.